This is the Wolf Street Report. I'm Wolf Richter at WolfStreet.com, where we tell the stories behind business, finance, and money. It's Sunday, August 29th, 2021. The shortages are not at Costco or Safeway, though they too might be out of a few weird items here and there, but other retailers are complaining about them, including apparel retailers and shoe retailers. Yep, it took me five weeks for my running shoes to arrive after I ordered them online, when normally I'd get them in a day or two. There are shortages cropping up in in different types of equipment and appliances and electronics. There are reports of shortages of certain type of fasteners and all kinds of doodads that you'd normally take for granted. The shortages are all over the auto industry, driven by the global semiconductor shortages that keep getting dragged out and, and now are expected to abate maybe, hopefully, possibly in 2022. It isn't that there aren't any new vehicles out there, but there are not enough of them. Inventories have been depleted in a historic manner, and customers are buying vehicles as soon as they uh, come off the car carrier, or uh, they order them and wait patiently until they arrive. There are now huge storage areas around auto manufacturing plants where uh, automakers store vehicles that are essentially ready to go but, but are still missing a component or two because some chip couldn't be made. And when those components arrive, they'll be installed and, and the vehicles will be sent to dealers. These semiconductor and component shortages have shut down auto assembly plants in the U.S. and around the world for weeks at a time all year long. So everyone in the auto industry is prioritizing their high-end, most profitable units and their most profitable channel, which is retail. The huge rental fleets that together would normally buy close to 3 million vehicles a year in the U.S. alone, but usually lower-end models with uh, large discounts, well, they're being deprioritized because no one is making money on selling to rental fleets. Rental car companies have been complaining since the first quarter this year that they cannot get enough vehicles from automakers because automakers are prioritizing the most profitable high-end vehicles that they then sell through their highly profitable retail channels. Automakers have slashed their incentives and so effectively prices jumped and uh, dealers are selling hot models over sticker. Dealers and automakers are making out like bandits. In normal times, demand for new and used vehicles would have collapsed after these kinds of price spikes as most consumers don't have to buy a vehicle today. They, they can just drive what they have for a while longer. But not this time. Now Americans, after they've gotten this free money, don't mind paying out of the nose for new vehicles instead of haggling over them as they used to do. And rental car companies are not getting enough vehicles built, and so there are rental car shortages in some local areas. Rental car companies have responded by not selling their older rental units, and uh, as they would have normally done, but instead they're, they keep them longer, and the mileage with which they're now running them through the auction has nearly doubled over the past year. And they're running fewer cars through the auction. Rental car companies supply the used vehicle market with close to 3 million used vehicles a year, and and that number has plunged because rental car companies have trouble getting new vehicles to replace the current units. So this triggered the used vehicle shortage. Then there is the infamous container shortage. It isn't that there aren't enough containers out there. It's that containers are hung up on huge ships that each carry many thousands of containers And those ships are waiting in large numbers to get into ports. 
Yesterday, just outside of uh, uh, the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach, a record 44 container ships were anchored, waiting. And, and there are hundreds of these ships hung up globally, trying to get into a port, or they're being rerouted to different ports, and all this takes time. And containers are stuck in ports because railroads are backlogged, trucking companies are are troubled by driver shortages, and and containers are hung up in rail yards and clogged them up to where some railroads have stopped routing trains to those particular rail yards until the backlog is cleared, thereby uh, contributing to the pileup of containers at ports. And each extra day that a loaded container doesn't get to its destination is a day that it cannot be unloaded and returned to the flow of containers and and cannot be sent to a manufacturer that has goods ready to ship but cannot ship them because they cannot get empty containers. This chaos in the container industry caused the rates of shipping containers from Asia to the United States to spike fourfold and fivefold from before the pandemic. For example, last week it cost an average of $11,300 to ship a 40-foot container from Shanghai to Los Angeles over five times the typical rate before the pandemic, which was around $2,000 according to Drury. Clothing retailers have had trouble restocking the merchandise. Some of the big names that just now complained about this during the earnings calls were Nordstrom and Abercrombie. Nordstrom said that the brands it sells are having trouble getting their merchandise produced and shipped, and so they were prioritizing selling directly to consumers online, which is a lot more profitable for them, and uh, and they've deprioritized Nordstrom, and Nordstrom sales got hit because it had shortages in its inventory. Abercrombie said that the factory upheaval in Vietnam due to the rapid spread of the Delta variant is now, quote, out of control as plans are shut down to deal with the infections of the workers. Vietnam is the second largest supplier of apparel and shoes for U.S. retailers. In terms of shipments, once the merchandise is made, Abercrombie said that it is seeing shipping delays of one to three weeks on average, and it started using air cargo to get around some of the container chaos. All of this creates additional expenses, and and retailers are going to have to pass them on to consumers. And there has been a shortage of plastics, and prices have jumped to record highs. This started during the big freeze that hit Texas that disrupted the the supply of petrochemicals. The petrochemical industry along the Gulf Coast accounts for nearly 20% of the global ethylene production, and and three-quarters of that production along the Gulf Coast was knocked out during the big freeze. By the end of February, all of the production of epichlorohydrin was offline, along with 90% of the production of ethylene glycol, 70% of the production of polypropylene, 60% of the production of epoxy resins, and 40% of the production of uh, propylene. Some plants were damaged during the big freeze. Production eventually and and mostly recovered, but uh, then there was this huge backlog due to the production shutdowns. And now a hurricane is barreling into the Gulf Coast, and and that may entail further disruptions of production. These materials go into everything, all kinds of consumer goods, from water bottles to automobiles and and all kinds of packaging and and all kinds of industrial goods such as PVC pipes uh, that are used in, in new construction. 
So everyone is prioritizing what they produce because they don't have enough materials or components or labor to produce everything they could sell. And so they prioritize high-end products or high-volume products or high-margin products, and they deprioritize other products which might not get produced until they settles down. Or if a manufacturer needs 10 empty containers to ship uh, their merchandise, but uh, they can only get five containers to ship them in, and, and then they prioritize shipping the high priority items first and, and the other stuff whenever. This is happening everywhere. When supply gets tight, everyone is prioritizing what gets produced, who gets what, and when it gets shipped. And then all of this is vastly complicated by labor shortages, whatever the reasons might be for these labor shortages. And, and I've discussed various aspects of them. They cause real problems throughout the supply chains and transportation systems. So there are lots of reasons for these tangled up supply chains, natural disasters, such as the big freeze in Texas that knocked off several semiconductor plants in Austin and uh, for a period and, and slammed the petrochemical industry uh, on the Gulf Coast and and various variants of COVID that have shut down factories, a fire at a semiconductor plant in Japan, and consolidation in the container shipping industry after the rough period of 2015 and 2016 when several container carriers went bankrupt, material shortages, labor shortages, and the like. All of this could have been worked out more or less with some disruptions and maybe a few minor shortages here and there because you know, shit happens often enough and companies are prepared for some disruptions and, and know how to deal with them up to a point. When an item is in short supply, the price tends to jump, which reduces demand until supply catches up and normally the shortage goes away. But not this time. This time came the stimulus-fueled historic explosion of demand for goods, not just in the U.S., but globally. Governments borrowed trillions of dollars and euros and yen and whatever and handed them out directly and indirectly to consumers to be spent. And central banks printed trillions of dollars and euros and yen and whatever and uh, spread it across the financial markets, which caused asset prices to blow out. And after a while, it caused people to spend some of their gains or borrow against the inflated assets and spend that borrowed money. And the world has never seen a sudden spike in demand for goods like this before, and no one was ready for it. To this day, the fiscal and monetary stimulus continues, though some central banks have started dialing it back, and, and the Fed said it will dial it back, and governments are continuing to spend borrowed money uh, uh, hand over fist. As this combination of artificially fueled demand for goods and supply chain problems spread across the economy, what resulted for all to see were higher prices and in many cases, much higher prices. That much could be expected. What was unexpected was that enough consumers, not all, but enough, were suddenly more than willing to pay those prices, particularly for the big ticket items that they didn't really have to buy, such as houses and cars. They didn't even care about the prices now that they're flush with all this free money. This is when inflation took off, meaning when companies got away with raising prices, when higher prices didn't cause a drop in demand, but might have actually spurred demand, uh, powered by the fear of missing out as uh, money suddenly didn't matter anymore since it had just fallen into the laps. Pricing regulates supply and demand as higher prices normally boost supply and slash demand. 
But free money has destroyed the pricing mechanism, and demand has soared despite much higher prices. I'm Wolf Richter at WolfStreet.com, where we tell the stories behind business, finance, and money. Thank you for listening to the Wolf Street Report.